Chapter 24 The three men were still a little way away, but we needed to think quickly. Right, I think we need to jump and make a run for it, I said. Jump? Are you crazy? We can't jump down there. Where are you even running to? Millie shouted. The shortest distance to get out of here and back to the main road is to run straight down the runway. We'll head that way, I replied. I'd earlier spotted that the part of the building near where we originally entered was single storey. We could jump from there to the ground, so we just needed to find somewhere to jump down from our lofty position on the tallest part of the roof. We ran along the roof until it was time to take a leap of faith. Right, you need to jump. Hold my hand, we'll do it together, I said. The three men were now only a few hundred metres away. Three, two, one. We jumped off the tallest part of the roof onto the single storey section. It was a spectacular leap. We landed with our limbs intact and even more amazingly, without the roof giving way. We started running again as soon as we landed and prepared to jump to the ground. As soon as we land on the ground, run down that runway as fast as you can, as if your life depends on it, I said with a smile. Millie smiled back. And we jumped. Ah! Millie screamed. She'd landed awkwardly and must have twisted her ankle. Run! I shouted. You need to run! We both began running, but Millie wasn't able to keep up. She was grimacing and pushing through the pain barrier, but it was no good. My leg hurts too much, Millie shouted. You need to carry on. Run and get help. With that, I put my head down and launched into a full sprint. After a few seconds, I turned around. The men had caught up with Millie and were carrying her back to the building. Nobody was following me. This was really bad news. Should I turn back? What could an unarmed skinny teenager do in this situation? Or do I carry on? knowing that they had Millie. What an impossible choice. Poor Millie. Just then, I spotted a light in the distance, or to be more accurate, flashing lights. It could only be a police car. The timing could not have been better. The car roared along the winding road at breakneck speed as it got closer and closer. I turned around again to see where the men had taken Millie. They'd turned around, and instead of heading back to the building, they were heading for the plane, with Millie. Taking leave of my senses for a second, I turned and started to sprint towards the plane. I felt I had to stop them. At this point, I had no plan. I was just following my instinct. In the distance, I could see the men hauling Millie into the plane. She was wriggling around for all her might, but the men were far too strong and managed to manhandle her into the plane and shut the door behind them. Just then, I heard the sound of a car and the screech of brakes. It was the police car. It must have driven down the runway trying to locate the gang. The car pulled alongside me. The car window was already down. Quick, get in the car, the policeman, who I assumed must be Officer Roebuck, shouted. I immediately did as the policeman asked and clambered into the back of the police car. The men have got Millie. They've got her, I panted, out of breath from running. Where are they? Where did they go? Asked Officer Roebuck. They're in the plane. They're going to try and escape, I shouted. We both turned and looked at the plane in the distance. It was further away. It must have started moving. Officer Roebuck began to accelerate at a great speed. It was an uncomfortable ride, as the runway was full of lumps and bumps, but soon we were up to 90 miles an hour. My head felt like it was plastered to the headrest. We had almost managed to pull alongside the plane when it left the ground to take off. Up went the plane, higher and higher above us. In other circumstances, it would have been a majestic sight. On this occasion, all I could feel was a whirring feeling in the pit of my stomach. Ah, we've lost them, shouted Officer Roebuck, 
slamming his fist on the steering wheel. I couldn't say a word. I felt sick. We sat there in silence for a few seconds, watching the plane continue to climb. Just then, I began to hear a strange, faint buzzing noise that gradually became louder and louder. It wasn't a familiar sound. It was quite unlike anything I'd heard before. Then suddenly, a voice came onto the police radio. Backup has arrived. Repeat, backup has arrived. Suddenly, the sight of two police helicopters swooped into view in the distance. We have clear sight of target. Repeat, clear sight of target. Do we have clearance to take down target? Are they going to shoot the plane down? I asked in a panic. Millie's on the plane. They can't do that. She'll die. Officer Robert picked up the radio and was just about to speak. But before he could move his lips, we heard the fateful words. We have clearance. Taking down target. The sound of the shots was deafening and pierced the night air like the worst imaginable death metal cacophony. No! I shouted, but it was too late. In the distance I could see the plane, smoke billowing from it, coming down to land at a great speed. The plane disappeared from view, accompanied by a very faint splashing sound. There was silence in the car, as Officer Roebuck and I stared vacantly into the distance. A small tear rolled down my cheek, landing on the leather interior of the police car. A voice came onto the radio. Target hit. Repeat. Target hit.